Hello everyone, this is your host, Brandy Williamson. I am a birth and postpartum mental performance coach. I've designed this podcast to offer you a unique combination of performance psychology principles and faith-based insights to support you along your journey of motherhood every step of the way. Welcome back to Mom Material. look like to be a Christian? What about a Christian mother? One word comes to mind for me, stewardship. The job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. As I think about the Bible and what it calls me to do, I believe it is to be a good steward. Responsibility in communicating the gospel, caring for people and living in a way I can help meet their needs in times of trouble, whether that's through encouragement, money, or material items. I'm also given the role of mothering, the ultimate stewardship of my son and our future children by being a source of comfort, by being a teacher, and ultimately in charge of helping them develop spiritually. So what does it mean to be a good steward? Three things came to mind serving others just like Jesus. So that means putting people's needs above your own, making the most of each day. This is hard because as a mom, you are tired, you are exhausted, especially if you have multiple kids. So despite your feelings, despite how many hours of sleep you didn't have, make the most of each day. Lastly, being led by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So what are you consuming? What words, ideas, or material items are you allowing to speak into your life or to gather or to buy? I actually think consumption is a very natural thing for human beings. Doing what feels good, getting more because you can or feeling like you've earned it. Shopping because you like to, it's a form of therapy or you're bored. However, I don't think that this is God's design for us. Synonyms for consumption are devour, swallow, gobble up, and use. In my Bible, the Christian life is the exact opposite. I see verses where we are to give, to fast, to have and act out self-control. So as much as the world around us tells us to consume, buy, get all you can now, the season that I've been in has showed me the exact opposite, and that is moving. It's highlighted to me how wasteful and burdensome a mentality of consumption can be. Sometimes when I move, I have the inclination just to want to get rid of everything, give it all away or sell it. Because now I'm faced with the reality of packing this stuff up, loading it, hauling it with me wherever I go. And that's a lot, especially when you're considering a newborn like Justin and I moved when we had a four-month-old doing all of that, but with a baby being sleep-deprived, it makes you reconsider some of the decisions that you've made on what you bought or what you've allowed into your home. Francis Chan, who is an incredible theologian, missionary, and pastor, I highly recommend that you'll listen to him. Just Google him, look him up on YouTube. He has 
just amazing um, insights. Um, he's definitely led by the Holy Spirit and he's very passionate and authentic about what it is that he talks about. But Jess and I were listening to a like a marriage series that him and his wife were doing and they were talking about how they actually purposely avoid buying nice things because he actually finds himself and his wife Lisa getting attached to them and almost making them idols like for example having a super nice car to where you you park it away from everyone else and you don't want to get it dinged up so you're very like anal about the car and also they mentioned like a sofa having a sofa that no one really is allowed to sit on or live on you have to be very careful when you when you sit down on it to mess it up you don't want to invite multiple people in there or food in there because you don't want to mess it up so they actually just avoid doing this so stuff wealth and possessions can cause us to consume on a spectrum use once and then it sits in your junk drawer or your garage or become so fixated on it you wrongly prioritize it i don't want to be on either end i want to make the most of what i have be content with it and live with margin so I can meet the needs of the community around me. I was rocking Isaac this morning and I realized how I was so fixated on making his baby registry for no reason. I mean, okay, maybe that's not exactly fair. I was excited to meet him. And I think that's one of the ways that we manifest that excitement is through the registry because we get real items that are going to be played with by a real baby or used um, with our baby. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's just a form of control. And also like it is just cute. It is cute to buy baby things. Um, but I definitely spent way too much time on what I wanted for him, researching all of this stuff. It kind of consumed me. And I was like looking, I was scrolling through the little uh, feed that I had. And I would like constantly look to see if anything, anyone like bought anything because I was like super excited about it. But I also think that I, I spent too much time on it because in reality, he never even used a lot of those things. So <laughs> the first week that we brought him back, I actually only got probably three to four days worth of his baby outfits out because he was just such a big baby. We didn't even use half the stuff that we got because he outgrew it. I also know people who have spent thousands of dollars on a car seat when they plan only on having one baby, so they're only going to use it once. I've also had people fill their whole living room floor with baby clothes just because they wanted to spoil the baby. And then I've also heard of people or seen registries where people are asking for multiple baby carriers, the same types, just multiple different colors. So I'm, I'm not saying you can't spend money to get something quality for your baby or you should avoid the oh-so-cute koala bear baby socks like I enjoy. I just want to raise your awareness on what you're consuming, why, and if it's aligned with being a good steward. You're going to get so many perspectives on registries, what you have to have, the essentials, what you need when you're pregnant. So I wanted to offer you one maybe you haven't heard when you're making yours. 
If you are gaining value in your own life from this podcast and want to support a fellow mom like me, please use the break to follow the show and rate the podcast. This helps provide the show a better opportunity to offer the same value to more people. Number one, trips to see grandparents, family members, and friends. This is the honeymoon fun equivalent for baby registries. When we had our son, both of our parents lived at least a plane ride away. I mean, I guess technically we could drive to them, but that would look like a half a day's journey or a 24-hour trip in a car, which uh, was not what we wanted to do and would take a lot of time when we only had that weekend. So prioritizing time spent with loved ones is exactly the most important quality for well-being, life satisfaction, and what I believe Matthew 6, 19 through 20 highlights when it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. It says your treasures are stored in heaven. And I believe that our bodies are mortal. Our flesh is going to die, but our souls are not. It is people's souls that go to heaven or go to hell, depending on what they believe. So investing in relationships here and now. Invest in those relationships that are so valuable and important by creating a travel fund or a see grandparents fund, whatever you want to call it. Number two, classes. You cannot ever be prepared enough for childbirth and after. This is actually one of my biggest regrets is not learning more about the postpartum. That hit me like a brick in the face, the cascade of emotions I felt when um, Isaac was born and what the hormones were doing in my body and just the overwhelming um, reality of it all with the biology of what's going on in my body and recovering, how I'm supposed to connect with my husband now that it's three of us, not to mention how to take care of a newborn during this postpartum period was just a lot. And I wish I had done way more to prepare for this phase for myself, my marriage, and for our son. I could have learned more about sleep, breastfeeding, motor skill development. So this is not a plug for the classes that I offer, but seriously, just a game changer between one mom to the next. Invest. Invest in preparation after the baby is born to save yourself sleep, avoid conflicts with your spouse, and just to have more confidence as you take on each day in your new life. Bridget Teller has a lot of awesome doula birth videos. And if you're looking for sleep training and how to get more sleep, taking care of babies is something that I've heard has worked for a lot of people as well. Third is forecast what your baby will need until his first year. Too often people get obsessed over the stuff your baby's going to outgrow in the first week. Isaac was a big baby when he was born, so maybe we got three to four days worth of his newborn clothing. I suggest thinking about the future. 
How do you think you want to approach diapering? Cloth diapers, disposable diapers, elimination communication training, which was hilarious because one of my best friends was texting me about that. And I was like, wait, what is that? Is that a marital like self-help relationship strategy? But it's all about like early potty training. And speaking of potty training, what is it that you want to have as you raise your baby? So this is not the most fun part of having a baby, but one of the bigger ones. Do your research and maybe add a potty training potty for your baby. Or maybe you want to consider what they will eat, how long you want to breastfeed, and look into items like a baby food maker that will end up saving you so much money down the road. The fourth thing nursing essentials bras pads shirts i did not do enough research on this because i didn't see the point at the time i thought there would be no difference between me wearing my t-shirts and yoga bras instead of buying specifically designed nursing top and bra this was a big regret and something i wish considered when i made my registry because now i have to manhandle my sports bra and get all my hair disheveled while the savvy mom next to me has an easy to access opening in her shirt while she daintily breastfeeds her baby because she actually took the time to buy a nursing top and bra or take the time to put it on her registry. Lastly, toys are not that big of a deal. So avoid looking like a hoarder by not putting toys on your registry because people will most likely buy them since they are quote unquote fun and strangers who want to get you something will probably get you toys or clothes. It's just easy. It's simple. It's cute. It's fun. So instead, all your baby really needs is tummy time playing with you, dad or other siblings. If someone is dying to get you a toy, what has worked for us is the love every playmat. So this playmat comes with instructions on what your baby is learning and how to play with them simply just with the actual mat and the stuff that the mat comes with. I hope each of you are living out your calling to be good stewards with your family and with your possessions and that this was a helpful resource in that journey. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate the show and write a review to let me know what topics you're most interested in. Also, remember to save your spot for my upcoming childbirth, postpartum, and high-performing families masterclass launch this January. You can reserve your spot by going to the book online section of my website, matrescencebirth.com. 